Come on in, guys. Let's talk about season 42 of Survivor. I'm Rod Morgan, and with me is my co-host in life and my co-host on this podcast, the Mrs. Morgan you know, Kate. Kate, hello. Hello. Here, we recap last week's episode just ahead of tonight's episode to get you ready to outwit, outplay, and outlast in 15 minutes or less. As always, we start in the first place. Kate will give us the quick and dirty recap. Okay, so here we are with episode four, The Vibe of the Tribe. And we start with a reward challenge, which is the first time we've seen the reward and immunity challenges divided this season, which was a nice, nice switch up because we've been... And, uh, Our dog fellow was pretty excited about it being <laughs> split up as well because what you tend to see when you have the, review, the reward and immunity split up is there's far less of the producers giving you scenes of things that end up not meaning anything. You don't get a bunch of red herrings. You don't get a bunch of dead ends when you have a reward and immunity challenge because there's more camera time taken up with the challenge, and I tend to favor that. Yeah, I do too. So the the reward challenge this time around consisted of a rope maze, a heavy sled, and more balls to shoot into a target, which we've seen many times throughout the season. Probst also says profoundly, pick your balls up, which was a good one. Great line from the Emmy winner there. (laughs) So it comes as no surprise that Taku wins thanks both to the strength and the coordination of Jonathan, who is still an absolute beast. So the tribe then wins 10 large, freshly uh, caught fish, which await them back at their camp. And then during the wrap-up, right, where all the tribes will get back and they'll kind of stand in their little individual groups and Jeff will talk to them a little bit about the challenge and send them on their way, Jonathan sort of makes a mistake here. He reveals how tight the Taku tribe is and that things are quite easy for them because of all how well they're getting along. And that makes him a threat to two different types of people. One, it makes him a threat to all of his tribe mates who are mad at him for spilling the beans to everyone and making huge targets on their back when it comes time for the merger. And he becomes a huge target of every other tribe out there because they've seen the way that he has comported himself in the last two challenges. And so he is squarely in the camp of Challenge Beast at this time, which means you are going to have everybody coming after you because they would like to win immunity. They would like to win reward. In another profound aside, uh, Marianne says in a confessional that, quote, Jonathan is talking too much, which is truly an instance of the pot calling the kettle black. Yeah, Marianne, we definitely don't want to hear that message coming from you, someone who literally their entire character trait while you've been on the island has been that you will not stop talking ever. But yes, please enlighten us on how someone else might be annoying folks by speaking a little too much. Please, please, Marianne, you wouldn't know anything about it. (laughs) So to wrap up the quick and dirty recap, we flash forward to the immunity challenge, which involves pulling a boat, climbing a pier to jump and retrieve keys, and swimming ashore to complete a puzzle. So Taku wins again, uh, thanks to Jonathan and Omar this time. It really was a tag team effort on that one. Uh, Vati comes in second, and Ika is sent to Tribal Council. So at Tribal Council, ultimately, Swathi uh, was voted out after a very eventful Tribal Council, uh, in which we weren't entirely sure whether it was going to be her or Tori who was sent home. But the Harvard student, she's gone. (coughs) 
That's right, the youngster, the 21-year-old, she is out. We had another pretty young member bounced earlier this year already, so not faring very well for the youngsters out there on the island. And we spent a little bit of time last week talking about the bro alliance of Omar and Jonathan. And so far, ever since that alliance was revealed, we've seen nothing but Jonathan dominating the challenges, Omar being around when somebody receives an immunity, advantage Omar going to the shipwreck challenge and then Omar being a puzzle beast so Jonathan and Omar are going to figure heavily in to what goes on at that particular beach so moving on to twists and turns right from Spothy going home that's one of our big ones it's her lying and doing too much too fast uh, which has been really the theme of this entire season. I think a lot of newer players getting too excited and wanting to make too much and lying and saying too much. And in that, she tells nearly every person on her tribe that they are, quote, her number one. Yeah, we've talked a little bit about how the younger generation of Survivor feels that they gain an advantage through always revealing what their plans are and what particular advantages they have in in. And an attempt, excuse me, to try to curry favor with other folks. And I just don't know how well we are seeing this being pulled off. And it was clearly illuminated with Swathy. Because like Kate said, we had numerous scenes where you're my number one. You're my number one. You're my number one. And that'll get you somewhere for a couple of minutes when you're talking to that person one-on-one. But the minute that that person goes and talks to another person that you told they were your number one, your whole immediate character and everything that you just talked about is thrown asunder when those two people realize that you said the same thing to each of them. Yeah, it's the exact word choice. If she had phrased it differently for each of the tribal members, it might have been a little bit of a different outcome. They might have read it wrong, but when you're using those exact words, that's what's going to get you in trouble. So she says this phrase to everyone except for Rox Roy, and which is what makes them all figure out that she's manipulating them. It's also funny that Rox Roy is the only person who had her back at tribal council. Um, and, and he did not ultimately vote for her to be sent home. He did say he, quote, saw things in her, which was a total misread. Sweet, sweet dad move. Uh, but shows his faith in young people. And it's consistent with the role he's playing on the tribe, which is that of a father. But it also speaks to how Rox Roy is having a bit of trouble reading the room, right? And understanding that he thinks that she is a complete uh, rock-solid player that he can build a foundation on moving forward shows that he has no idea what the rest of the tribe is thinking because not a single other person out there agreed with him when it came down time to do that. And I want to talk about Tori a little bit here because we've talked about Tori from the beginning. She's somebody who's been right on the razor's edge of going home numerous times. But what struck me this episode is I kind of like somebody like Tori, and I'll tell you why. Tori is a snake in the grass, and she makes no bones about it. You kind of always know that Tori's up to things, and Tori will admit to you that she is up to things. Whereas somebody like Swathi comes across as bubbly and everybody's friend, and we saw how well that worked out for her. So I just think that once again we are seeing you have to lie on Survivor, yes, but trying to be someone that you're not doesn't necessarily work out. Yeah, so Tori continues to scrape by on the mistakes of others, uh, which I think is also very smart gameplay when you're as strongly disliked as what she is. Rox Roy, I think, is smart to want to get her home early because this could ultimately be their tribe's undoing should they merge and she can go then and start making alliances with other people on other tribes. 
That's definitely a trope we've seen in Survivors over the years where you keep somebody around because you're like, oh, this person can help me out right now, but they have no chance of winning. And the next thing you know, you give them an extra chance to gain some power, and they do, and then you're in trouble. So on the Vati tribe, um, which, as we mentioned last week, had an absolutely crazy tribal council uh, in episode three, um, was shown minimally in this episode, aside from them coming back from that crazy tribal council at the very beginning of this episode. So we see them returning to camp um, and High admitting to essentially playing a power move by sticking to his vote for Jenny. Uh, and then we also see Daniel then saying, yeah, well, I just want to go to sleep, which doesn't play well for him. Like so many things are not playing well for Daniel in this season. But if I tried to put a rosy spin on it, I would say at least my guy Daniel understands that there is nothing he can do to improve his particular standing within the tribe at that moment. So he is adopting the, let's just push this past. Let's just push this a little further down the road and see if everybody can cool down a little bit and I can figure out some way to get myself back into good graces. So my guy Daniel, still not looking good for him, but for some reason I love that dude just running around in his tidy whities even though they're not tidy whities but they're boxer briefs. So what are some of our other people up to? We mentioned several of them in the first episode who we really, really enjoy. So we've talked about Romeo and Lydia and Mike and Jonathan. Rod has mentioned Daniel. We mentioned Jenny, who is sadly no longer in the game. But these are some of our favorite players. And in this episode, we saw Lydia, who we've liked since episode one, but also said, oh, this girl has no chance really, really be dreadful at the first part of the immunity challenge, uh, jumping to retrieve the key. Uh, Probst actually said, no, it's not going to work. Um, (laughs) But she definitely also redeems herself uh, mightily while solving the puzzle. So way to go, Lydia. Lydia, just when I think you couldn't possibly do anything worse on the island, you go and do something like this and totally redeem yourself. Lydia just keeps sticking her finger in my eye week after week. I keep thinking that Lydia is beyond her depth, that she's going to make a fool out of herself out there. This week, jumping was certainly not something that anyone should sign her up to do anytime in the future, but she was very, very good at puzzles, and that can get you a long way on Survivor. So Lydia, again, looks like she's in trouble and somehow manages to not be. So then we have Romeo, who has been one of my favorites uh, since the beginning, a pageant coach. And he gives this great confessional, uh, really talking about how Roxroy is hated among the tribe and how he's so bossy. And he's criticizing about the fire, the way the food is prepared, how the camp is organized, all of these things against all the players. And I really appreciated Romeo being bitchy in that moment because he doesn't seem to be too bitchy around his tribe mates himself, which is honestly an art. Yeah, being a pageant coach as well, I imagine he has a very he has a very good ability to be able to just eat shit from people with a smile on his face. Namely moms. Yeah, very much so. Let's go to, uh, that was the confessional of the year nominee, Romeo there. Let's go to our guy Mike, the New Jersey firefighter with possibly the line of the year where they're coming back from their insane tribal counselor last week. Mike gives us the great line of, it's not kumbaya around here, it's kumbaya crapaya. All right. It's holy crap. I excuse me. I about blew his line there. It's holy crap. I meaning Mike is not happy. He's not trustworthy with a lot of people that he thought he had a good relationship with. We didn't see much about where that's going to lead, but I have a feeling that they gave us that nugget because we could see that particular tribe right back at tribal council this week. I also still continue to just adore Mike and the person he is and his kind of character. And like, you know, he's 
figuring things out with High after they get back from Tribal Council. And immediately in the first reward challenge, it shows them really competing well together and him turning to High at one point and being like, I love you, man. And it was genuine and it was endearing. And I think that just draws me more to his character um, every single week. Another thing I want to point out about Jonathan here, our challenge beast, is uh, looks like he has a bit of a uh, Todd Marinovich dad for you sports fans out there. Todd Marinovich is a uh, old NFL quarterback whose career didn't pan out into much, but uh, the stories are pretty legendary of his father basically training him from the time he was a toddler to be a athletic specimen. And we get a story from Jonathan about how his dad had him doing pull-ups and push-ups and sit-ups when he was three years old and running up mountains and lifting weights at a very early age. Now, the only thing I'll say about the mountain is Jonathan does not show us a picture of said mountain. Jonathan does not tell us how many feet up into the air the elevation of this mountain is, but I still imagine it was not a whole lot of fun running up and down that mountain numerous times. And judging by his strength in these challenges, I can imagine it was a nice-sized mountain, a decent-sized mountain for a child to continually run up and down. But I worry that we got a flashback about Jonathan here, and then we also, he was given as a target earlier in this episode. The Survivor producers do not like to waste film, so perhaps, perhaps we're going to see some crosshairs on our guy Jonathan here moving forward. I think it also could have been a red herring based on the fact that what you said, we didn't have very many in this episode because they went from the reward to the immunity challenge. And so I think maybe they were just throwing that in to show us some of his strength and where that came from considering he's been dominating so many challenges. At least that's the hope I'm going to stick to. And the other hope that we have is that we can believe the previews that Survivor shows us at the end of every week. We know that these are usually bad, and if you assume too much out of the previews, you're going to make an ass out of you and me, to borrow an old phrase there. But the previews, again, let us know that Roxroy maybe is understanding his position within the tribe. Marianne is causing yet more drama at camp. Shocker there. And somebody's going to go to immunity, right? Somebody's going to, or I mean, somebody's going to go to tribal council. That's basically what they told us in the previous. And Daniel's in trouble. Yeah. And Daniel is also in trouble. But the thing I will say about Rox Roy, we said this after the first episode, he's extremely self-aware. He knows when he's getting to be too much. He knows when, when things aren't going his way. He is very, very aware of his behavior, which could serve him well if he's catching on right now. Maybe he has a chance to make up for it. All I know in a prediction uh, that that was not given out in, in the preview is that I am so ready to see these tribes merge. I want to see them interact with one another finally. I want to see what those crazy phrase immunity idols that are out there that you have to say for all of them to be in play. I want to see if Mike and Marianne make it to the merge and can actually play them as individual immunity idols. I think we are definitely in that stage of Survivor that always makes for a couple of episodes where people are like, is it the merge? Are we merging? We need to do this because we get to get ready for the merge. And then they have to wait like an extra episode or two before the merge to actually happen. So I think that Mrs. Morganino could be on to something there that we are rolling into what I like to refer to as the fake pre-merge time for all of the folks <laughs> on the island. So that could be what we see moving forward. Thank you so very much for tuning in to yet another episode of Come On In with me and the Mrs. Morgan You Know here on the Morgan You Know Podcast Network. This episode and every other episode is produced by our fabulous executive producer, Jimmy Jamriska. We will be back same time next Wednesday in preparation for Survivor episode number six. Until then, have fun. Enjoy Survivor. Bye.